Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia, he's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Welcome, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with your host, me, Sean Bastow. I'm going to be joined shortly by Jordy Neal on the line as well. But first, before we go any further, I just want to tell you guys to go over to Podbean and give us a follow on there, or Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcasting app that you're using at the moment. If you're not already following us on social, it's at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook. And as always, got to give a quick shout out to the sponsors for this podcast, which is Bear Attack Boxing, producing high-quality boxing gloves. You want to get over to their website, which is www.bearattackboxing.co.uk and have a look at what they're doing and check them out in Boxing Monthly. They're in there again this month, so go and check them out, go and see what they're doing. Some really good quality products going on there. Well, let's get into it then, Jordi. It's great to have you on. It's great to be catching up for the weekend's boxing and, you know, some quite interesting results over the weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely, I mean, the dust has sort of settled on the cheeseman thing now. It's sometimes good for to leave a couple of days when there's a bit of a um, a bit of a result like that. And obviously we had Kovalev and Alvarez, but yeah, it's, it was a, an interesting weekend. And you know we had people like Tiafimo Lopez and stuff like that. There's uh, a lot going on, really. Yeah, it's actually been a decent weekend. And I want to start with the match room bill and let's talk about how everything went down in there because there were a couple of shock results I'll say shock results but I think the Craig Richards Jake Ball was probably the biggest shocker of the night but starting with Cheeseman's fight with Garcia then and touching on that briefly 
obviously people know the result by now. Ted Cheeseman got beat over 12 rounds off Sergio Garcia. Uh, and Sergio Garcia looked brilliant. And I was talking about it in the episode last week about, you know, coming from a relatively unknown fighter who's got quite a big record. You don't really know what to expect. And you were saying you'd not seen a lot of him. So it was difficult to sort of say how this was going to go down. And for, for the casual audience, they probably expected Cheeseman to kind of walk through Garcia, but that wasn't the case. He was really classy, weren't he? Oh, he's brilliant. I mean, he didn't, he wasn't faced at all by, um, obviously being in London. And, um, yeah, he put a bit of a clinic on really. I was struggling to give Ted anything, probably give him the eighth round. But other than that, I was struggling to give him anything. But, um, yeah, we've seen it obviously with Ritson and Patera a couple of months ago. You know, the, um, the European title does throw up some good fighters still. And, you know, we've got one in Garcia there, and I wouldn't be surprised if Eddie Ernst snaps hold of him a little bit, and, you know, we see him more and more. Yeah, definitely, and he's, he's got that influence of Sergio Martinez, who's his manager, and there was a lot yeah. of people, including myself, who were saying that on social media, that he looked very much like a throwback to Sergio Martinez, and he, he's definitely, uh, you've said it to me before, that Spain's starting to sort of produce these fighters now, out, out of seemingly nowhere, you know, you've got Lejeraga, and now you've got Garcia, who seemingly seems to be going on to bet bigger and better things, and, you know, the talk of the world stage for the pair of them. Yeah, I mean, the He's obviously only going one way, Sergio Garcia. I mean, you know, he is only—he's only 26. He looks a little bit older, but you know, he's—he's he's got Bad so much around. experience at a pre- relatively young age. You know, I think there'll be a couple of British fighters who want to have a fight with him, but and they sort of think they can do a better job. But you know, he looks like he's got a very bright future, and yeah, Spain's throwing up some really good fighters these days. Well, let's talk about Cheeseman briefly. Then we know he still holds the British title, so we know that he's probably going to face the winner of Anthony Fowler versus Scott Fitzgerald in April so we'll have a keen eye on that but I don't really think it massively damages his career and his reputation so to speak because people will say well it's too much too soon and that's what I was saying immediately after the fight was it was obviously a step too far for him but you've got to remember and I know you'll agree with me on this that he is only sort of 23 slash 24 years old and he, he, he you know he's got a lot of time on his hands really he could get to 28 years old and be a complete world beater by then but there's a lot of fundamentals that he, he would need to work on for me to, 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 to get to that stage and one of the concerning factors about this particular fight was that towards the end of it he was blocking shots with his face his, his arms were down completely and, and I don't know if that was just the tiredness the fact that he was taking a lot on the on the arms and the gloves throughout the fight and he kept it down I, I don't know but that was the concerning part of it for me and I thought at one point they might stop it yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have argued that they did stop it. It was pretty uncomfortable towards the end, but home with his face, I don't know if that was a bit of bravado because he'd pretty everything he'd thrown attacking wise was just you know shut down by Garcia and didn't affect Garcia one bit. So I don't know if it was a bit of that, but you know he might look back on this defeat in four or five years and it'd be probably the making of him. I think he needs a long rest. He needs to switch his style a bit because he took a lot of stiff and he does take stiff anyway in fights. He takes a lot of shots he doesn't need to take, and you know if he wants to progress then. He needs to sort of get away from that, but maybe this is a, a bit of a blessing in disguise where he's not going to be fed. You know, he was talking about fighting Munguia and on his Sky interviews in the build-up to the fight. So, you know, maybe it's a bit of a blessing in disguise that he's not going to get. You know, he's not going to be in the ring with these guys. You know, the world-level guys too soon. Yeah, I, and time on his side, and he's a, he can still come again. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. It's it's something that kind of crossed my mind before the fight was that would it, would it be too much too soon? And you know now we know it is. And a fair play to him for stepping in and trying to step up at that stage. But you know he's got a little bit more to work on before he can move on in his career to the next level. And let's go over then to to the Jake Ball and Craig Richards fight. That was obviously the co-main support of this event and it, it produced a, a stunning finish from Craig Richards knocking out Jake Ball and I think there was a lot of people that didn't think this was going to go down that way and it was funny because during the commentary uh, I, I think it was um, I think it was Andy Scott uh, I can't remember who was doing the commentary at the time but they were saying that Craig Richards uh, is not much of a puncher, or he's not known as much of a puncher, but yet he dispatched of Jake Ball in, in emphatic fashion. Yeah, I mean, the, the the worrying thing for me in terms of Jake Ball is, you know, he did get it clean and give, you know, you know, some of the shots after the after the the first knockdown, they they were pretty much they weren't anything really, and they were really having a big effect on him. So I don't know if that's a a problem with him physically or mentally, but you know, in terms of Craig Richards, he's He's lining up some massive fights now. I've seen Jose Burton's already in the press trying to get fights with them. And you've obviously, you know, you've got your yards and Boatis higher up and Conroy's and people like that. So, you know, it just shows you that Craig Richards was a bit in the dark before this weekend, probably this time last week. One win and he's he's right there and he'll be getting spoke about with all, you know, with every week now. Yeah, definitely will be, and he's put himself right in the picture for for a good fight. You got to remember, he has only actually got the one loss on his record, so it was a it was a bit. And of it was on five days' notice as well, so it's not like you know it, it, it's a it's one loss to Frank Buglione, who, who was Buglione, who was British heavyweight, uh, British light heavyweight champion at the time. So it's a respectable loss if if, if some something like that exists. But you know, we also, so you know maybe Craig Richards has been a little bit underestimated by everyone. Yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll get to see what happens. Uh, other fights on the car we've seen heavyweight Fabio Wardley look uh, pretty mean in there when he picked up a, a knockout win. We had John Doherty earlier on in the card who also picked up the victory. Uh, they were a couple of notable, obviously, wins from the guys that we'd caught up with uh, from Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat in the in the week. So it was good to see them as well. Was there anything else about that card that impressed you? I mean, I know you was texting me through it and uh, saying you was kind of struggling to to kind of keep interest in it <laughs> yeah I mean the Felix Cash fight obviously Felix Cash done what he had to do but you know it wasn't much of a fight and you know it was a bit disappointing that you know a belt as prestigious as the Commonwealth was sort of won in that fashion but you know Felix has had some bad injuries and some bad luck so you know, good luck to him and hopefully he can get you know some good fights at middleweight now but because he needs to start progressing. He's a bit of a, like a forgotten man, Felix Cash. He was quite highly spoke of a couple of years ago, but he stagnated to one reason or another. So, you know, hopefully he can sort of him this year. But, yeah, I think I was most impressed, probably outside the ring, with Fabio Wardley. I think he speaks well, and you know, he's obviously managed by Dillian White. And he, he seems like an, um, you know, he seems like a quite a sellable character. So, you know, another one I wouldn't be surprised if he's a permanent fixture on Eddie and cards now. And, you know, he's definitely one to look at. You know, five and oh, six and oh, whatever he is now, he's one for the future, definitely. What did you What did you make of the card overall? Then, I mean, if you were going to rate it out of ten, what would you give it? I mean, obviously we had the Coley as well, didn't we? But we didn't learn not on there. He was just throwing some crazy new punches that he's learned. But <laughs> yeah, you know, a Coley's weird. a Coley's an enigma, isn't he? But it's one of them. I think you know, it, it wasn't a great card. I think the main event probably bailed it out a little bit because you probably got a star there. It well. You say a star, but you've obviously got someone you can get a little bit excited about in terms of Sergio Garcia and another 
you know, another Spanish fighter to go with the recent sort of craze over there. But I think it was probably a five, six out of ten being being generous. And, you know, I think it'll be quite quickly forgotten about, if I'm honest. Yeah, you know what? I was weird because you said five, six out of ten. The, the figure I had in my mind was six, and I was thinking it was probably a six out of ten. It was probably just above average, only probably because of the fact that Craig Richards dispatched of Jake Ball, and then the fact that the Cheeseman fight was was quite, even though it, it was one sided, it was quite competitive. So you've got to kind of say them two fights for me kind of made it a, a six. I think if they wouldn't have had them fights or they didn't go down the way they did, you'd probably be looking at a bloody four or a five. It wasn't wasn't great really it wasn't great I mean the guys that are on it was mainly filled by prospects to be honest with you something you'd expect to see on a a small hall show but obviously yeah I thought it was a next gen card really if I'm honest (laughs) that's what it was like wasn't it obviously they put it at yeah, they put it out at the O2, and I don't know whether that was the best decision but maybe it was just an availability thing as you know sometimes it is but yeah it was probably a next gen card and you know Saturday night it was one of them you can sort of forgive it but yeah I think um, I hope the the standard Saturday night fight nights as they were I hope they do you know keep the consistency this year and we don't just get fed stuff like that outside of pay-per-views sort of thing yeah I know I know it's it's worrying isn't it when the first show of the year you're kind of rating it as a as a 6 out of 10 5 6 out of 10 you kind of think to yourself is this the sort of standard we are going to get for 2019 and are we just going to get shafted with a load of pay-per-views again (laughs) yeah I mean that's obviously not the way we want to go but if we're all completely honest it's sort of you know pay-per-views what what it's about these days every fighter wants to be on there every fighter thinks they're a pay-per-view fighter so we've sort of you know we got stuff like the the March 30th card in Liverpool which is you know it turned out to be a decent card and they, they obviously announced the Buatzi and Charlie Edwards card um, for March 23rd so you know, hopefully them, them sort of cards keep coming and we can sort of enjoy the, the normal Saturday night fight nights and not just get bombarded with, with crap really well, the 23rd card, 23rd of March card that they was uh, doing the cheesy announcements in the ring for <laughs> halfway through yeah, that show. Yeah, I didn't show. get that at all. <laughs> um, when they were doing yeah. them che- cheesy announcements the, the other day, when I looked at the card yesterday, and I have had time to let it sink in, actually on paper it's not a bad card to look at. I mean, I don't want to go too much into it now, because we can say that for another day, but I just mean, obviously, Edwards and his world title defence on there, and then you've got, obviously, Wadi Camacho and Akolai on there, You've got Conroy uh, versus Buatzi for the for the British title, which has been vacated by Callum Johnson. So them three fights alone are pretty decent. I mean, I just hope it does stay yeah, on. Yeah, you've got Britain as well, haven't you, with yeah, Townend? Yeah. And obviously, it's good to see the you know good fight for the British title. Obviously, it's, I've said before, it's, but it's by far and away my favourite belt in in the sport. So it's good to see good competitive fights like that. And I think. You know, you know Liam Conroy. What an opportunity for him against Joshua Buatti. You know, I know a lot of people don't give him much of a chance, but you know, he's one of the only lights heavyweight actually said go on then I'll get in there with him and, and put put it on the line. So you know, what an opportunity for him. But as you say, that's for another day. But clear a good card. Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. Well, let's move on then. Let's talk about the top rank card over in the USA, which, again, looking back on the weekend and looking back at that card, actually, it was a it was a pretty good card to be fair. And I was doing some of the uh, some of the proofreading of some of the articles that came in this week, and obviously one of them was yours, the the review of that particular show. And yeah. when I read back through that article, it was like, actually that was a really good fucking show. When you look at the four main fights, Just really good writing, that mate. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that, that as well, obviously. That as well, of course. You're telling, you're telling a good story. So, for anybody that 
didn't watch that card or, or whatever you were doing, you know, go and have a look at the article because actually it does tell a really good tale of of the of the fights that are on there. And the main event was obviously Kovalev uh, trying to recapture the world title against Alvarez, which he did uh, in successive fashion. And this is a an interesting topic to talk about because we had this conversation uh, the Sunday when we, we'd seen the results and we'd got a chance to actually catch up on the fights. And I was very surprised by the tactics that Alvarez had used in this second fight. He, he seemed to completely go off the original game plan that he success, successfully won in the first fight. And he just felt like he, he he was just being teed off on against. He was very cautious, very didn't want to engage as much. And it made Kovalev look like a born-again fighter. And I, and I, don't, think he, I don't think he is. He, he looked all right. But people are saying, oh, he's back, Crusher's back. But really, is he really back or is it just Alvarez had a shit night? Yeah, I mean, it was one of them where, obviously, we've seen we've seen Kovalev box well before, you know, a, a, you know, a good few times, but most notably against Andre Ward the first time. And he sort of went back to that style where, you know, he's thrown some lovely body shots and stuff like that. And obviously, had Buddy McGuire, so, you know, you can factor in that thing. But I don't know, it, it sort of seemed to me like that Alvarez was willing to take a bit of stick on the gloves and then hope that Kovalev tired in the second half of the fight. But as the second half of the fight came, you know, Alvarez didn't do anything different at all. And then towards maybe 9, 10, 11, even 12, it just looked like he'd sort of resigned to the fact that he was going to get beaten on points and Kovalev had sort of resigned to the fact that he was going to win on points and it sort of just filtered out that way. But yeah, it was a bit of a, a weird performance from Alvarez and I think I don't, I'm a bit torn between whether... Kovalev is back, or whether it was just a weird performance from Alvarez that made it, you know, glossed over something that's not really there. But I guess we'll see if Kovalev is back when he gets matched when he gets matched again, and you know, because there's some real killers in that division. No, there there is, and obviously Bivol is one of them that they're talking about sticking. Kovalev in with and again be a classic chaining of the guard that seems though, doesn't it? And obviously yeah. being both Russian and you know they've they've been lined up for a, a number of years now, but. Um, I mean, if he if he was to box like that, it would obviously be a competitive fight. But you know, Bivol just looks like a different level to you know most people in boxing. Never mind Kovalev. So you know, at least he's given himself a lifeline. And yeah, it was a bit of a weird a weird fight overall, but and not one that we was expecting. We were speaking last week about Alvarez maybe knocking him out even quicker than he did last time. But you know, as with boxing, it never really goes the way you, you the way you think it's going. to no, it's true, it's true, and it was a weird, strange uh, fight for me, and I wasn't expecting it to, to go down that way, I wasn't expecting, it made, like I said, it made Kovalev look like he was back to his best, and I honestly don't think he is, I think he's at the point of his career where, he, you know, the outside issues are starting to play a factor in his fights, and you mentioned the fact, obviously, he had Buddy McGirt in his corner, and that that cliche saying uh, a guy of of Kovalev's sort of age and where he's at, I don't know if he can be taught anything new. And there's that many fighters that I mean, look at the amount of fucking training Zamir Khan's had over the years. He's tried to change his style so many times, and it's just he's always reverted to type. And I don't know whether for this one fight, yeah, he looked all right, but that maybe was because, like I said, Alvarez didn't have a great night. And we will see if he does go in with a killer like Bivol. Then we will see if if he is back to his best and if he gives him a good fight. And you know, I could be talking shit, <laughs> which happens quite a lot of the time. And you know. <laughs> We could be, I could be chatting a load of tosh right now, but we'll see. I, I just genuinely don't. I have this feeling that Kovalev, although he looked all right in this fight, I just don't know if 
that that is probably maybe the best we're going to get to see of him now and I think this is where we start to see the younger guys of the division start to really step up you know you've got to think about other guys in that division um, Gerdvik who, who beat Stevenson you know a couple of months back that is another fight to be looking at I mean if can you imagine Kovalev and Gerdvik going in with each other I mean you got to think of it like that no one does it especially in them you know at the lighter weight you can sometimes get away with it because the power is not quite there but you know time definitely waits for no fighter especially in them weights so you know I would fear for Kovalev with one of the younger fresher champions or contenders and maybe he's just got maybe this is just you know justification for his career he has been a great addition to the to the uh, division for a number of years whether you like him outside the ring or not and you know he's got a lot of stuff going on outside the ring in terms of court cases and rumours and stuff like that so you know maybe this is the, the final you know peak of the mountain for, for Kovalev but yeah as I said I'd probably fear from if he was to go in with one of the younger fresher fighters well, let's move on then and go to some of the other fights on that particular card as well. And like I said, watching it back now, I've had a couple of days to digest it and watch it properly. And I, I was glad to see Richard Comey get uh, Richard Comey get the world title off Isa Ch- Chaniev. We was talking about this fight about not really seeing a lot of Chaniev, and you know, a most notable win was Barroso, and how much was he going to bring to the table? For me, he, he just looked. Uh, well, Comney looks a level above, complete level above, and he, he dispatched of him in emphatic fashion. And th- people are now starting to look at Comney and think, is he really going to be blown away that easily by Lomachenko, which is what looks like he's going to be the next unification fighter of that division? Is he going to be blown away that quickly? Comney looks like he's got a lot of power at that weight, and he looks like you know he could cause anybody problems, regardless of how good they are as a fighter. He might cause problems for a guy like Lomachenko you know, for the first couple of rounds before he gets worked out, but he looked really impressive in picking up that IBF strap at the weekend. Yeah, but the thing with Lomachenko... Is obviously he's going to get beat once someone's got clear physical advantages over him. You know, if he continues to climb the weights. But um, the thing is with the lightweights now is as soon as anyone puts a good performance in, we're all clinging to the hope that someone can be competitive against Lomachenko. Yeah. And I think Comey's probably got as good a chance as anyone. You know, basically just based on pure physical attributes. But you know, he's got he's got as much right as anyone. I think Comey will go in there hoping that he can make his physical attributes count. But you know, for me, I just can't see if Lomachenko gets through the first couple first four or five rounds which I will just based on not being clever then you know I can't see anything other than him taking over but you know he's been hitting here before and maybe if Comey a, a true you know a true fighter at that weight gets gets through to him and hits him maybe he'll stay hit but yeah I think we're all just sort of coming on to the hope that some lightweight might be able to live with Lomachenko <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. You're right. I think we all we all speak about it. We all speak about it like he is an invincible fighter and that nobody's going to test him. But there is going to be a day where somebody will test him and will give him the, the what we want to see. And I mean, the fight with obviously Lenares last year that was a great test for him and him getting dropped for the first time in his career. That that was that was interesting. That was a great fight to watch. And it's clear to see that when you get somebody skill wise who can near near match him, it's going to be a very very close competitive fight. And that's what we need to, to to think about really but going back to obviously Comey's win you know, great win for him there picking up the IBF strap something that was a long time coming the guy's got such a, an unbelievable story out 
outside of the ring, which is what I'd say for you, the listeners, to go and go and give a bit of a read up on his story and you know look at his story. This guy, man, is another another Isaac Dogbay. That that's that's all I can say about that. Really, is that if you look at Dogbay's story, which we've touched on before in the episodes, you know, look at that and look at comedies, and then you kind of see where they they both come from, such difficult backgrounds to get to where they are. So this is an unbelievable win for him, really, and moving on in his career and getting this big unification fight in the future is really great to see to be honest but Jordi then Oscar Valdez was back on Saturday night and he picked up a victory against his undefeated Italian opponent who again nobody had really heard of up until Saturday night yeah I mean I touched on it quite a bit in the article but you know it was a bit of expert matchmaking all right the way through the card really and this was sort of the same you know he was undefeated he sort of knocked five of his opponents out and that was at a very, you know, pretty low level for want of a better word and for a better phrase. And I think Valdez sort of needed someone who weren't gonna, you know, clock him on the chin too often, uh, clock him on the jaw too often because of obviously coming back from a broken jaw. But yeah, I think sort of Valdez took his time and then you know he, he it was a bit weird because obviously you've seen it, but he that that first knockdown in the fourth round, it's just a bit of nothing there. It's like a you know just a bit of a loose left hand to the body and. Thomason like hit his knee immediately hits the ground and he jumps back up within like a second. So you know from from that point on it was sort of inevitable, and the referee did that. You know we were talking we're going to talk a bit in a minute about Lopez and I don't think the referee Magdaleno out at all. Either did Magdaleno's corner, but you know the referee the referees sort of seen Thomason was pretty much outclassed from the opening bell and you know saved him before he took too much punishment and you know Thomason had every right to take his chance against Valdez, but ultimately outclassed. Him. Valdez back because you know we need to them big fights of featherweight now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, he looked. He looked again. I was saying it earlier on uh, about uh, who was I saying it about now about being a level above. Um, I bloody hell, I completely forgot who he was talking about now. I think it was the the, the Garcia. Yeah, that's it. The the, the Garcia fight. Um, he looked a level above Cheeseman, and this was the case with Valdez. He looked a level above, and it was quite evident on the night that he was a level above. And you've touched on the featherweight division, and obviously the fights that that are looking to be made in the featherweight division, and we're looking at a potential Valdez matchup with with Josh Warrington in the future. And you know, it's looking like Galahad and John uh, Warrington are going to be the 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 fight, the fight first for for Warrington, but. That's going to be a real interesting division, especially if Frampton decides to stick around. I mean, there's talk of Frampton moving back down to Super Bantam, which was an interesting read that I had the other day. So we just don't know where the featherweight division is going to go. But obviously, Valdez looked good coming back after a long layoff because of that broken jaw in the quick fight. So it was good to see him back in. Like you yeah, said. I mean, if Frampton, if Frampton hangs around, then you know he's obviously come back on the back of a loss, but he'll always be a big name. So. You know, if Oscar Valdez was to take maybe a Frampton fight next in the summer, I think with his 11-month layoff, people, you know, that's a good second fight coming back. You know, Carl would obviously have his advantages, hoping that he could catch Valdez rusty, and it's a good name for Valdez. So I think if he does stick around, that's a good fight to make. But, you know, ultimately we want to see him fight Santa Cruz or Warrington and get these, you know, through every division, really. We want to watch unification fights, but, you know, the featherweight's probably one of the best divisions in the world now. And, um, you know, we want to see the... 
the best fight the best. Absolutely, 100%. Let's go then. You was touching on it before. Tiafimo Lopez picking up the victory over Diego Magdaleno, which was, and again, another emphatic performance from Lopez. But it was the aftermath of the fight which has caused the most controversy. So for the benefit of people that didn't see it, uh, I don't know what rock he was hiding underneath, but... This was a a brilliant finish to a great fight, a massive step up for Lopez, but it was the fact that he did his typical Fortnite dance, and I don't really follow the Fortnite game, to be honest with you, so I'll probably sound like a right old man when I talk about this, but... No, it's a. I know it's a. Multi, it's an online multiplayer game that's very popular with kids, probably in the ages of eleven and maybe going up to the ages of thirty. Um, but there's a little, there's a little <laughs> dance that Tiafimo Lopez always does from that particular game. But it's at the end when he Magdaleno's in a bit of a dishevelled heap on the floor and he comes up and sort of as if to bat him away behind him, as if to say, I've swept you under the carpet kind of thing. And it was found yeah. found as very disrespectful from a lot of people. But I've read uh, from Tiafimo Lopez's account, social media-wise, that he was saying he was being disrespected in the build-up to this fight. And Magdaleno was... Uh, d- dissing his family and calling his mum or something like that I, I could be totally wrong but I'm pretty sure it was something to do with he was slandering his family's name and his home country and Lopez didn't take too kindly to it so that was his way of saying fuck you and obviously yeah. to, to, to the public eye it's like you know great win but why are you being such a dickhead afterwards and that's what a lot of people were slating him for but to be honest with you I didn't really look at that because I've seen worse things happen in boxing so I'm not really saying that is a bad thing he just he was high on adrenaline I said this to you I think he was high on adrenaline he got a really emphatic win over a, a, a you know a great opponent a world title challenger do you know for me this was a, a massive step up in just 12 fights yeah, I mean, he's sort of, you know, I think I don't think this is going to be a straightforward journey with Lopez by any stretch of the imagination. I think, you know, he's got a bit of the old, uh, you know, I don't want to compare him, but he's the only one at the front of my mind. He's got a bit of the ageing Broner thing going on where, you know, I don't think everyone's going to love him sort of thing. I don't think he's going to be the same as Adrian Broner and be that rash, but, you know, he's definitely got a controversial side to him and, you know, that was one of many little things we're going to see, I believe, so... It was Magdaleno showed bravery beyond beyond like that I thought was even humanly possible because you know there was plenty of chances for him to get out of that fight and even the referee should have probably helped him out in my opinion but yeah it was a very very impressive impressive finish very impressive fight from Lopez and you know he's got to be one of the most exciting prospects in the world now if not the most exciting he's definitely the most exciting prospect in the world at the moment I can't think of any other boxer at the the moment in the world where I'm thinking to myself I really can't wait to see their next fight because I really can't wait to see Lopez's next fight because I want to see who they're going to stick him in with next he's really not going to be long before he gets a world title he's going to be fast tracked isn't he and you know he's going to be fast tracked and you know if he fights anyone outside of probably high high European level or fringe world level, it's going to be because he sort of progressed that fast. But again, we're we're, fight, we're talking about these fighters all the time now, and they, they seem to be getting like younger and younger. He's only twenty one. He's got he's got literally you know 
he's got so many years ahead of them in the game and you know it's going to be interesting to see how they match him because I don't think that's going to be a very easy task to, to be honest because obviously you probably avoid the top 10 but outside of that there's not it's not that deep for him to be matched. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we maybe seen him with, you know, like a Dowdy order before Crowley or, you know, someone like that, someone who's going to maybe test his heart a little bit. I think it can happen quite quick, to be honest with you. I really do. I think he's, by the end of 2019, it wouldn't surprise me if if he's given a world title shot or at least early 2020. I think we are going to see him uh, providing he stays, you know, he, he, his actions outside of the ring don't mess up his career inside of the ring. That's what I'm hoping for, to be honest with you. But we'll see. Uh, overall, and Jordy, uh, this particular bill, again, putting little scores into it this, in this episode, you rated the matchroom one sort of five, six out of ten. How would you have rated this one? Um, to be honest, it was a, it was probably as you said, it was probably a bad and it appeared on paper, you know, before the before the fighting begun, but. Yeah, I think it was a pretty solid card. I'd, I'd give it a comfortable seven, maybe pushing it eight. But I think that was down to the fact that it looks so impressive and set of the Lomachenko thing. And, you know, Lopez is the hottest thing in the sport right now. So, you know, any chance you get to see him, it's a bit like, you know, when AJ was coming through and he was on every card going. And, you know, everyone thought that you know, every Saturday night was great when Joshua was fighting. So it was sort of, they've, they've stacked it with, you know, good names against, overmatched opponents and it sold a little bit so yeah I think it's a good solid 7 7 out of 10 for the card and you know there's a couple on there that I can't wait for the next fight same as you well just a few bits of stuff coming off social media then uh, as we sort of round up this reaction show just want to get your thoughts on a few of these little tweets that have been going out on Twitter um, Sergey Kovalev's promoter Kathy Duva's listed four possible names when discussing the WBO champion's next fight so we've got Paterbiev we've got Gilberto Ramirez Anthony Yard uh, and Alexander Gerdvik as well you know I've seen Yard saying something about Kovalev's just holding me belt or something stupid along them lines I think you know as much as Kovalev splits opinion I think Yard needs to fight someone who's at least respectable before he can start calling up someone like Sergei Kovalev who's Damn achieved right. as much as him so let's just ignore Anthony Yard because he's not going <laughs> to take that fight even if it's offered to him anyway no, you know but Gilberto Ramirez obviously be going up that'll be a good fight but I'd probably like to see Berto be because you know at the end of the day I don't think them two are going to you know, they're not going to go looking for each other. They're pretty much going to stand there and swing. So, you know, from a fan-friendly point of view, I think I'd like to see that fight, really. More news coming out of Twitter uh, as I'm scrolling through the Twitter feed as we're recording. Uh, it's been reported from Raphael from ESPN saying that apparently Richard Comney, uh, I keep saying Comney, it's Comey, Richard Comey will face Lomachenko on April the 12th to unify the titles. Yeah, all the best to him. What a payday and... You know, if we're looking through that division, there's not, there's not many names who are going to give, you know, Lomachenko much of a night. And I think Comey just, as we touched on physically, he can maybe cause him some problems. I don't see it myself, but, you know, he's obviously got himself into that position to at least sort of challenge. He's only dropped two split decisions in his career, so, you know, it's not been... So, yeah, good fight. Probably as good as can be made at the minute. And, you know, unlucky for Anthony Crawler, but, yeah, the, the Lomachenko train rolls on and I imagine he's going to add another belt to his... Uh, to his collection. I've seen that we were touching on the Galahad versus Warrington fight and I've seen that Frank Warren today had won the purse bid to promote that particular fight in Warrington's defence of the IBF featherweight title so apparently they're going to be confirming a date and a venue in due course but it's pretty much signed, sealed and delivered that we're going to get this now, the Galahad Warrington fight. What do you make of that? It doesn't do much for me to be honest. I think if you're managing or you're looking after Warrington 
He's just had, obviously, two massive fights with Selby and Frampton, probably in the form of his career. I think it's a, this one's, you know, if you're going to pick opponents, you'd probably be looking to go Selby-Frampton unification, not Selby-Frampton, and then someone who's not as good as Selby or Frampton. It's just it's just a bit of a dampener. I mean, they're both going to be getting weighed in quite nicely. It's gone to Pearsford, so I imagine that was a pretty hefty hefty bid from Frank Warren to win, so... Yeah, it's, it doesn't do much for me. I hope they don't put it on pay per view, but I'm sure they will. Um, of course they will. Yeah, it doesn't do it doesn't do much for me. I'm not a massive Kip Galahad fan. I think you know we can make the most entertaining matchup. He's not. He hasn't got much outside the ring. He, he sort of throws insults about that don't really make sense. And he's obviously got his his past with the drugs. So yeah, not a very likable bloke. Yeah, but who's he? Who's he actually fought? That's that's exactly. high, highly ranked. Exactly. He just sort of flitted around and. Jumped on Calbra on the cards for the majority of his career, but you know maybe he'll go on to become world champion and shut us up. But I can't see, it. and I think I don't think Warrington will be over the moon that that's his next fight. And sure, he would have been uh, open for bigger things. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another little bit of stuff that has been going on over the past few days, uh, mainly sort of back end of the week, even stretching into this week, was World Boxing Super Series and the obviously the Super Lightweight Tournament. Josh Taylor's semi final opponent um, Ivan I can't pronounce his name is it Baracek or Baranchik yeah, yeah. Uh, one person's telling us he's pulled out his manager now we're getting told this fight is on and I'm still reading that his manager's saying he's not fighting but yet there's still stuff being released by World Boxing Super Series yeah I think it was a bit of pressure from from his team to sort of get a date announced but you know this this tournament's now ran into the problems that we all feared you know that when this happened and everyone was getting this all this money and you know it, it was billed as the Champions League of Boxing and stuff like that we were all pretty much saying it's too good to be true and obviously there's that old saying that if it seems too good to be true it usually is and <laughs> I think that's sort of why this I'll be very very surprised if we see a season three I've seen Shane McGuigan talking about um, I think he was talking to Mike Costello in sort of on the George George Grove retirement um, um, media day that they had and he was saying he wasn't happy with the fact that he feels Josh Taylor's sort of progression has stalled with the tournament in terms of you know fight dates and you know regular fighting and I think uh, yeah if we see another series I'd be very very surprised it's be such a shame that because I've 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 loved it. I've absolutely loved what it's done for boxing, and to see it start to sort of fall apart is something that a lot of people did worry about, including myself. But to start to see it happen with these pullouts and not being able to get TV rights and deals and all the rest of it. It does worry me because the concept of it is fantastic. The fact that we've seen the super middleweights best fight the best, and we've seen the cruiserweights, you know, unified division stuff like that is what what makes boxing exciting. It's what keeps it exciting. I think when he didn't when he didn't get when he didn't get a TV platform, I think probably one of the biggest mistakes he made because it was it was on YouTube and stuff like that. But as we've seen with the YouTube pay per view that Mick Hennessy sort of put out a couple of <laughs> a couple of a couple of months ago, it's it's not sort of it's the way the world's going, but it's not we're not quite there yet in terms of that's not how we're watching boxing just yet. You know, obviously we will eventually with obviously the zone and stuff like that, but you know, as we sit here right now, people still want to watch boxing on their TV, and the World Boxing Super Series just weren't hitting the numbers. And I think that what they thought is maybe by season two they'd see the success of season one. And then season two will get a TV deal, and that's how we'd sort of make the money up that we've outlaid for season one. But it obviously just didn't didn't work out like that. And you know they've probably promised a lot of people a lot of things, and when it's come to pay, not being there. But yeah, it's obviously ran into problems, and it's a shame because I've loved it myself. 
I think the final thing really uh, to talk about and it's just kind of bringing the heavyweights back into the mix again for topic of conversation is really this interview that's been doing the rounds for from Coogan from IFL with Dillian White and then obviously Eddie Hearn comes in and they start to have a little bit of a to-do on it about the fact that obviously Hearn weren't offering enough money to, for White to fight Joshua so obviously White's deciding to move on and looking at Brazil next he's pretty much said uh, in a few different interviews that he wants Brazil because he wants the mandatory position that he was supposedly supposed to have been given a couple of fights ago and I'm starting to feel pretty bad for him at the moment that he is being tossed on the scrap heap because the guy has done everything that's been asked of him since he's lost to Joshua but yet he's still being pissed around all the time and if I was him I'd be moving myself away from Hearn at this point and probably be moving myself over to Heyman and giving myself a better opportunity at maybe getting this this opportunity. I mean, I know he's done good business with Eddie Hearn and obviously he sells, like I've always said, he sells sand to the Arabs and he can, he can sell a pay-per-view and all the rest of it. But when you're a guy that's in the position like Dillian White's in, do, do you want to continue to be fighting people that you shouldn't be really fighting and you should be up there fighting one of the champions. Yeah, I mean, Dillian White, every fan should sort of love Dillian White because he gives us fights after fight, entertaining fights after entertaining fights. And, you know, I sort of agree with him that he's not going to be underpaid and overworked sort of thing for the Joshua fight. Joshua's got to understand, or Joshua's team's got to understand that, you know, the heavyweight division will move on with or without Joshua. He's a massive star, don't get me wrong, he's the biggest star in our country, probably, you know, the second biggest star in the sport, I think, as wise. And, you know, that I, I give him all that, but, you know, boxing moves on, it's moved on Joshua, and it'll move on from bigger people than him in the future. You know, it's not going to sit around and wait for him. So, you know, all these people, you know, your Fiori's, Wilders, Whites, they can't all be completely wrong. You know, Joshua's got a budge as well, and. I sort of stick with White in the fact that he's sticking by his by his values and what he believes he's looked to him. But yeah, in terms of fighting, obviously the Brazil fight's another great fight for fans and obviously it'll be another good payday for him because with a good undercard that'll sell in the O2 and you know, well it's just it just leaves Joshua. I think we're obviously gonna see the, the Miller fight now and you know, you know quite clearly where I stand on that. <laughs> yeah, I think we know. I think he's right. With Joshua, the annoying thing is now, at this point of his career, is like, he, he's kind of, it's like Eddie Earn and, and Joshua are basically saying, we are the top dogs of the heavyweight division now, and we can kind of do what what, what we want to do with it all. The thing is, they've built Joshua up to a, to a great degree where... You could put him in the ring with one of the man security guards that Eddie Hearn has on his matchroom shows and it would probably sell out Wembley. That's how much they've built him up. You could put him in there against a nightclub bouncer and he'd probably still sell out Wembley because that's the way they've built the brand for Anthony Joshua. They've built him to a massive casual worldwide audience. But the problem they've got now is they didn't expect the Fury Wilder fight to go down the way it did. And in hindsight now because of the way it's gone down, actually, as much as I was annoyed at the fact that it was a draw, if it didn't go down that way, it wouldn't have put them into a corner, which is, I feel, that's where they are at the moment. They've kind of been backed into a corner by the fact that Wilder and Fury are going to be tied up with each other in a rematch, and then they've got really nowhere else to go other than fight big baby Burger King Miller over in America, or fight White, but White doesn't want to be underpaid and overworked, like he said, so... They're pretty backed into a corner here, from from my perspective, and it's it's probably through all them demands and the fact that they want everything but don't want to give anything back. Yeah, I mean, 
he's obviously, as you said, he's going to fight Miller now, but I think the casual fans do love Joshua and they always will, but they've also sort of seen AJ, uh, sorry, Fury and Wilder and sort of realised, hang on a minute, there's two other fighters in this division as well who we can get excited about. So I don't think he's getting it all his own way in terms of fans anymore. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's one of them to sort of lower his demands as well as everyone else and you know the only people who are going to lose is us because we're going to watch Joshua and Wilder in six years and it'll be like Khan and Brooke and it just won't be the fight that we all hoped it, w- it would have been or AJ and Fury the exact same thing so yeah, the only people that lose at the end of the day is us Anthony Joshua's got enough money so is Wilder so is Fury so is White and Eddie and definitely the people who are losing is us yeah it's true it is you, you, you're so right and it is like the fans that lose out on it to be fair uh, I haven't got anything else uh, to add to this episode of our weekend reaction show we've gone through the cards over the weekend we've touched on a lot of the stuff coming out over the past couple of days on social media uh, is there anything else you wanted to add to the episode any bit of news that I've not picked up on that you have no, I mean, I've just seen, obviously, the build-up sort of bubbling now for the Gale and Eubank, and, you know, I've oh, they, always said that, pushing I that aren't they? the Gale would be levels and levels and levels above, and I hope that he is, but, you know, I've seen a clip today of Eubank saying that he was a better boxer or a better naturally talented boxer than the Gale, and I immediately just turned my phone off and put it down, because <laughs> it just it's quite clear that, even though Eubank's got himself a trainer, he's... Still deluded Chris Eubank that we've always known. Yeah, I know. I've seen a video of him walking, uh, I think it was on top of the O2 Arena today, I think it was, on social media. They're absolutely trying to promote the shit out of it. And fair play to them for trying to promote the shit out of it, which is more than what a lot of the uh, other alternative promoters try and do. They're actually trying hard to promote it, and I'll give them that, like doing all the little face-offs and... You know, they're sitting down together and they're going to be releasing all that sort of content soon leading up to the final next couple of weeks. So, fair play to them for trying to push it. But, oh man, it's like trying to flog a dead arse with this fight, to be honest with you. But people will watch it because they want to see, basically, the loser. Where do they go? They're, going, they're kind of like going to retirement, so to speak. Yeah, the option for the for the loser really I think even if Eubank loses I think he'll still stick around because you know he's got that sort of level of delusion when he thinks he'll always be relevant but you know well, I hope with pretty much every ball back the years but I do fear that you know time and on Chris Eubank's side and maybe we might see you know a bit of a defining win for him but uh, as I said I hope the Gale can roll back the clock and uh, give a bit of a lesson to Eubank just in the way George Groves did well we'll do a big fight preview on it in, in a couple of weeks in the lead up to the fight so uh, that's it from myself Jordy. any final words before we call it an episode no no just obviously there's a bit of you know, overseas boxing this weekend but not on that not on the note and I can't wait for maybe March time when the big bills are pretty much every week that's it it's going to be an exciting few weeks uh, as soon as that Degale Eubank week hits I think it's pretty much all all systems go from there so everybody that's listening to the episode thank you so much for downloading this episode and listening to the weekend reaction show and thank you so much for all your downloads over the month of January we smashed our target we smashed over 3,000 downloads and I know it doesn't sound like a lot to people but like I say when you're an independent podcast in a sea of so many different boxing podcasts that are out there it's really difficult to keep pushing and pushing and pushing the stuff out on social media and I think that's 
partly down to the fact that we've got these different little series going on. We're going to try and get another few more episodes out of the ones to watch series. I'm going to stop doing it uh, about 20 episodes. We'll do a season one and then we'll move on to a season two where we'll get a few new people in, but we'll also go back to some of the guys that we've already interviewed and see where their careers progressing from there. I'm sure it'll be good for you listeners to sort of follow where what they're doing now, uh, say six months, 12 months down the line. And we've got some new stuff coming over the next four to five weeks and just a little opportunity really to plug uh, another new bit of interactive content that's going to be coming your way if you are following the podcast you probably heard me talk about the media platform which is eat sleep boxing repeat go over there and follow that on social media channels which we've got instagram facebook and twitter because from next sunday we're going to be starting a live phone-in show from the facebook page live so i'll be on there we're going to be getting people ringing up i'll give the number out towards the end of the week so people can actually call us up uh, and have a chat and uh, jordy if you're free i'm sure we'll try and get you on at some point as well and you'll do uh, do some chatting about what's been going on it'll be interesting to see what fans come on and you know it's a big risk doing something like this because you don't know what you're going to get it's uh, it's like a, a, a lucky dip isn't it you just really put your hand in and you don't know what you're going to get and we don't know what callers are going to come on uh, and what stuff that's going to get spouted on there but I thought it'd be great to get something new and interactive going uh, over on that page so that's going to be coming so if you've not already followed us on there please go and check it out because we'll be starting that on Sunday uh, around half past seven eight o'clock time Jordi, what are your thoughts just quickly on that? What are you going to be getting involved in it? No, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I'll be involved, and you know, the numbers are brilliant. With as you said, any target. I mean, you said Ashton. You know, the numbers are going up and up and up, and obviously, Italy boxing repeats growing as well in terms of the articles and the videos that you know Elliot does on yourself, and you obviously do a great job. And so yeah, to, to just keep pushing brownies like that is what it's all about. And you know, we can't do anything but try and grow. And as you say, there's a sea of boxing channels these days but we seem to be gaining more and more followers so we're obviously doing something I know, yeah, we are obviously doing something right, and I'm not. I'm not here to kind of use this bit of the episode to blow our trumpets. I'm really not. I'm just kind of letting you guys know, the listeners, that we have got some great achievements going on, and we're really proud of of what our team are doing at the moment, and we're really proud of the fact we've got a decent fan base, and you guys are really supporting us because of that. So, thank you for following us. Thank you for listening to us. We're going to do some more episodes coming up over the next week or two. Uh, get ready for the the weekend coming up. We'll probably do a little episode on what's coming up over the weekend some international overseas stuff probably some boxing news I'll probably get the return of this week in boxing history which has not been done for quite a while so I'd like to get that back in but again fight fans as always thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.